Right, James, have you had a chance to listen through our podcast that we put out last week? Yes. Have you realised the big mistake you made? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So really, you never actually picked out the car, did you? You never guessed it. No. So if anyone who didn't listen to last week, the mystery car was the Nissan 240Z, which I guessed before the clues but then proceeded to name the car after we'd gone for all the clues, people listening, as the Nissan or Datsun 250Z, um, which does not exist. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I'd like to point out, you either you were like, yeah, that's the guess he got. I, I think I was just so shocked by the fact that you actually picked it off. You only realised it was a 240Z even before I got started with the clues. Well, I mean, when you're this and then you blur, cars, you know. Yeah, well, and then, you, and then you put the horn sound over it. And then yeah. you proceeded to say it all wrong for the rest of the video. <laughs> it was not a high point in uh, in the Facts and Furious. No. <laughs> but I guess that brings us on to this week's. So hopefully no mistakes like that. Yeah, maybe this week will be an improvement. We'll, I'll actually guess the car. Well, actually, it'll be you guessing the car this yeah. week. You guess it and, and stick with the right name. And uh, yeah, hopefully I won't need more than one clue. Which is a <laughs> big we <shall> see. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Facts and Furious podcast, a weekly rundown of the latest and greatest automotive news accompanied by our sometimes furious take from the Petrolhead's perspective. Your two hosts are myself, Hetesh, and also James. In today's podcast, we will be covering Sinker launches its new 911 Turbo, Volvo has planned an investment into its new mega casting technique, Ferrari's new patent for its upcoming electric sports car platform, and new rules to limit parking fines from private companies. We'll then have a look at our mystery car of the week as picked by myself. To whet your appetite, I'll give you this hintet for now. It is a 21st century Italian stallion with a modest power output. Before we end the show with some monitoring announcements. Let's roll on the jingle. Singer, the Californian company best known for its work with the 964 generation of Porsche 911, has revealed its first turbocharged model. The forced induction model comes as a result of something the Restomod specialist calls its turbo study. While cars are ultimately tailored to the owner's preferences, the proof of concept uses a 3.8 litre flat six engine producing around 450 brake horsepower. Power is fed through a six speed manual gearbox and sent to the rear wheels. Carbon fibre bodywork is used to reduce weight and carbon ceramic brakes are included for extra stopping power. Creature comforts include heated front seats, air conditioning and cruise control. Prices are as yet unconfirmed but attractive PCP finance was not mentioned in the press briefing. Damn it! <laughs> How am I ever going to own this car? Uh, you're going to have to steal it. Oh, I mean, it's a very nice looking... Oh, it's the, it's the dream. It is. It is the dream and... Um, I find it odd that with these cars that I don't I don't yearn anymore for Lamborghinis or, or Ferraris or new ones, but I think I'd sell my sisters to get one of the. No, that's a joke. But I, you know, I th- these cars are just I don't know. They're so they're so much more appealing. There's just something about them. I think they've just got so much character about them, and yeah, I, it's 
in my dream garage where I will have multiple cars, this would be one of them. Nissan Micra, Porsche 911. Got to have economy in there, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's interesting. So would you go for, because they've done a few uh, crazy things like, like this. They think they did an off-road study as well. Um, yeah. Did, would you go for this type, or would you go for the turbo? So I'm assuming this is probably the, the halo model in terms of performance for them for a yeah. while. Would, is this what you go for? Definitely. I think if you want a Porsche 911 Turbo from that generation, you need to keep some of the character that I had originally. Going for some of the off-road builds that they've done, I think it's a bit it's a bit wacky and it's a bit different. Um, ooh, ooh, wacky. I, find I, yeah. I think some, some of the Safari cars are, I feel like, done just for the Safari and they're getting a cool picture, but done done yeah. well. I don't know. They just It's like the Aerial Nomad. They're just... They, realistically, I'm never, I'm probably never going to need that ability. But if, yeah, if you had lots of money, I definitely see the appeal in having something like the safari, a safari version of a car, which has got a bit of off road to it. But even then, re- it's still not the most practical to car to have for off roading. You'd surely you'd want something like a Defender at that point. Uh, but well, this I, would be, like you said, that photo opportunity, and then it's left to in the garage. I don't think that they're, they're not really aimed at off like hardcore off roading. It's more of the, the the rallying or the rallying yeah. adventure, the or the expedition type car. Um, yeah. And to be fair, if I had a pound for every time I found myself plowing across the dunes, you know, I'd have a I'd have no money. But that's not beside. <laughs> I, a, a girl can dream. That's, yeah. I don't know. But it's like if you go back to if you had so much money that you yeah. could drop however much however many hundreds of thousands of pounds you'll need to get one of these. For those two yeah. days of winter, would you not want to be able to roll out your just a, yeah. a off-road version? But to be fair, we're getting distracted. This isn't even about the off-road. This, this is about the turbo. No. And, but you can spec the turbo model with four-wheel drive if you want. That is, yeah. I thought that there was a, c- a couple of interesting um, spec ups that you could do because cruise control isn't standard. All of the things you mentioned, like a heated front seats and a few other areas, um, even the power output. 450 brake horsepower that's just a stock variant and you yeah. can really start specifying the car and really building up on the power that the car comes with yeah but that's what's so great about companies like singer is they're they're modern day coach builders aren't they but even more more extreme that you could they change they probably they change stuff to do with uh, the engine the styling the interior you know, I'm, I'm assuming they're probably firm stuff up in the the bodywork if they deem necessary but yeah they're just would you rather have an original 911, a 964 um, Turbo, or would you have one of these? I think I'd have to go for the new ones, just because I think, well, the extra power would be much appreciated. So the original 964 only came with 355 brake horsepower. Only. I'm Pocket only saying, sorry. Like us. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's just not enough, is it? You I could mean, always do with more. that. Yeah, I mean, I say only, but I would be more than happy with that as well. However, if you can have more, why wouldn't you want more? Now, they've not specified exactly how extreme you can take um, the power output from the cars that they're putting together because 450 brake horsepower, that's just stock. And well, I guess it, 
But the, I guess it's <laughs> yeah. But I, what I was going to into is they've not said what's the max power output you can get out of one of these, which I think would be quite interesting to hear about. Yeah, it would. And to be fair, they're, they're air cooled as well. Yep. Does it not I make know, you that's... think? Why? Why are they? Why did they ever leave the air cooled? You know, if they can make four hundred and fifty brake horsepower reliably. Well, we don't know about the reliability factor. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. To be fair, I doubt they're going to have any kind of long term or on with any kind of the magazines where they have the cars for a couple of months. I can't see Singer shipping over a car to to be ragged around by journals for six months. No, no, definitely not. But yeah, I mean, if they were, that would be an interesting sort of review to go through. But yeah, yeah, I, I, no one's scrambled. going to put on. Oh, I thought you had breakfast. I did have breakfast. I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> um, but sorry, what were you saying before? Uh, someone rudely interrupted with their yeah. stomach. <laughs> um, no, I'm quite looking forward to just seeing what sort of, what sort of builds people are going to really spec on these cars, and who's going to have the most extreme car. Well, that because the the so the model that they've released pictures for will be is the is the first one. It's it's driven by a customer wanting that specific model. It's going to be shown at Goodwood Festival of Speed this June, and then I think it'll go back to the States for for a thing called Car Week in Northern California. But it, it, the spec that he's gone for, I find it's curious, because on the one hand, so he's, he's, he or she has opted for, these, for carbon ceramic brakes for extra stopping power, but then they've also said they're leaning more towards uh, a, a long distance, being able to cruise long distance in the car and the suspension setup. Yeah. So I was like, well, if I'm long, long distance cruising, do I need carbon ceramic brakes? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, but, yeah. yeah. That is interesting. Hmm. But I mean, if you've got it's a small detail, it just seems seems like an odd, an odd. Do you pairing. think it was someone with a load of money but not knowing what they wanted to do with it? Uh, I know. I think in the case of Singer, I think it's someone with a load of money who knows who knows what they want, but. Is it what I want? Probably not. As it, I would yeah. have a singer, but I probably wouldn't have it in in that space. I think. Well, so I think it yeah. would just be the suspension I'd change out. I'm happy to suffer through some some harder suspension for that five percent of the time you're on the right road. As would you road not add on fun. cruise control? Oh, I love cruise control. <laughs> yeah. Do you think you would ever spec the car to have four wheel drive, or is that something you'd avoid? Hmm. If I ever managed to get a log cabin in Norway and needed to drive backwards and forwards all the time, then I think I would get the four-wheel drive. But right. uh, the likelihood of that happening, I'm going to say is slim, but not yeah. impossible, but it's slim. So I think I'd probably stick with the two-wheel drive. What about Fair you? enough. Fair enough. I, I think I'd like to keep it as a rear-wheel drive car. Uh, just four-wheel drive would be great to have, but yeah... How often would you really need it? And yeah, I just true. feel like rear-wheel drive cars just handle... They're just so much nicer to drive, in my opinion. Yeah. Um... Get a few drifts into. <laughs> yeah, massive drifters <laughs> around roundabouts. <laughs> I'd like to think if we got one of these cars, then that that's the kind of thing. You would take it out every day. and Not every day, but you'd, you could use these as your daily driver, albeit yeah. I would be terrified to park it somewhere next to... Like, going to a supermarket or something where the spaces are about three millimeters wider than your average car that would terrify yeah. me you, you've got to use two bays you've got to do it You'd or even that four person. <laughs> or, <laughs> or hire a child to park your parent and child or maybe that. not hire a child that's not a great sentence 
We'll park yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get a dummy. <laughs> Stick that. Oh yeah, yeah. Crash test dummy. Well, that's that's Ewan, my nephew. He doesn't talk <laughs> much. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. So I think yay or nay for would you get specifically a turbo singer nine eleven? I think it sounds like a yay from both of us. Yeah, it is. It gets my yay. They're cool as hell. Bringing us on to our next story is Volvo, who plan to use a new mega casting technique for its next generation of electric vehicles. This comes as part of an £810 million investment, which it's putting into its manufacturing facility in Torslander, Sweden. Mega casting is a process which works by moulding a section of a vehicle with as many components built into the panel as possible such as incorporating suspension mountings into the floor structure. Volvo has cited a number of benefits, including removing up to 100 parts per vehicle, helping make weight savings possible, which should boost EV range. And also, Volvo claims cost savings will be made and a lower environmental impact to reduce manufacturing complexity. I have a question that actually isn't isn't really anything to do with Volvo, but listening to that, isn't this more forging than casting? Yeah, I'd I'd probably when I looked at the process, it, I would probably say it's more similar to forging, and it, they're not the first to do it. So it was quite an interesting story where Volvo seems to be trying to say that they're the first to, or trying to make it sound like as if they're doing it, the, they're the first on the market to do this. But Tesla actually uses a very similar process already with their model model Y cars. The model Y. The cars. model. Are they sold to the yodelers? <laughs> the yodelers models. <laughs> <laughs> the model Y. <laughs> I don't let you get away with anything in this podcast. You really don't. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, just, it's just too quick to pick on upon them as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would apologize, but I think it, I enjoy it. So I know you do. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So t- t- Volvo clearly not the first to have made it there, but yeah, Elon Musk has already made comments on how he thinks this method is quite big for them and it's important for the future of profitability and scaling up of EVs. Um, so yeah, interesting it is to quite see. Funny how... though, isn't it? You go years and years and years ago. You had a chassis, and then on it you bolted your body. And yep. then they went, actually, I tell you what, let's just make monocoques, and we'll just bolt some 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 subframes to it. And now they go, and actually, we're going to just get rid of those subframes. I wonder at what point they go, right? You don't get a body. Couple of chairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, I think because it's so well. It kind of worries me to a certain extent because I know what sort of damage I've caused to vehicles in the past. If that be while you were trying to become the next Ken Block, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that career didn't last long. So. <laughs> but I've had to replace the subframe on my MX Five in the past because of something I did, and now since it's all going to be part of the body, just a, what you can't exactly swap out your body every time oh, something goes wrong. Yeah, and it's all aluminium. So it's it's not exactly a great metal to work with. <laughs> no, that's that's true. But you wonder. So I guess on the one hand, so repairs are going to be harder. You wonder how if they because it seems to be that they're trying to work towards having to molding an entire floor section of a yeah. car. So if if there's a bit of damage to the floor section, and you know, and it's aluminium, so it's not like you can rework it over and over again. Although no. I guess if you're crashing over and over again, you maybe wouldn't want the car anyway. Yeah, but. I'm I'm going to say so. Recycling is probably easier, in theory. Yeah, if you've got less to take off. It's all one material. That that would be easy. But but repair. So are they going to become more throwaway? Is that what we're? Is that where? 
you well, think it's going? Well, I guess the biggest benefit of aluminium, it's not going to rust. So why maybe they'll you know you'll be able to reuse the body of that vehicle and maybe take bits off as cars develop and as they change over time. Would you like me to to do to do bit go a bit nerdy here? Go for it. So aluminium does in inverted commas rust. It oxidizes. Yes, which same but it's not it doesn't do the same crumbling, getting weakened, no striking fear into the heart of motorists kind yeah. of rusting. Uh, but yeah. yeah, that was just a fun. I was listening in GCSE chemistry. Stay here. Turns out I remember bits. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, but I, I, I know what you mean though. It's I've, I've actually problem, not problem, but I, I nearly bought a Lotus Elise a couple of years ago. Yeah, I couldn't. It turns out I couldn't actually afford it. But basically, there was one that was going for sale, and it hadn't been running years. It had a ton of problems. But yeah. I was thinking, I did that bit of man maths bit where goes, well, I can afford the, the car now. I'll, I'll just fix it myself. Yeah. Um, but the thing which put me off to that was they used glue in the to hold the car together, which, to be fair to glue, can be just as strong as welding and, and last ex- exceedingly well. And yeah. also the, the they use a extruded chassis, I think, is what they use for in, in a lot of the Lotus components. Ah, right. Yep. So it's like when, when it starts to... Uh, I think when it starts to, I can't remember what the, what the process is, but I'm sure it's something to do with electrolysis or something where the, the, the edges of the chassis basically start to corrode because of contact with other other materials with a different potential difference, I think, like yeah. if they have steel bits. and so, But I, I have no idea how you'd go about repairing that easily, whereas I, I, have, I have faith that armed with a welder and a, and, a, and a bit of enthusiasm, I could probably fix some rust. Yeah. Whereas with this, yeah, forget about it. Yeah, maybe we're being a bit doom and gloom. It's just, this could be, but for mass-produced cars, like for your, your, your people who just want to get from A to B, is this this will be great news if they're cheaper, more range, well, easier to recycle, and yeah, but uh, I don't. Uh, well, the cars that they'll be using this process for is it's called the new uh, Volvo Embla, which is a new upcoming EV. Um, it's a replacement for the XC90. So the XC90, it's not really a cheap car by any means. And it's huge. It is huge. But also very popular. And very popular. No, that's actually very true, yeah. But it's very popular as well. But yeah, it's not exactly going into a very cheap car. No, it's Um, not like we're going to be... It's going to replace the Citroen C1, which, as we know from our recent podcast, is going to be discontinued. Yeah. (laughs) Good plug. (laughs) I know, (laughs) Go have a listen. <laughs> but okay. yeah, so, I mean, it's a, it's a great car maybe to use this process on because the weight reductions, you could probably make a massive weight reductions on such a huge car. Um, yeah. So, yeah, really adding into the range that the Embla, when it comes out in 2025, will add into that. Um, but yeah, they've got a whole three years from now to really finish off this refurbishment works that they're doing. Um, oh, okay. And really be set up to deliver the emblem when it comes out. Yeah, I was reading somewhere that it, it, it's not because, like you say, the technology has been used by other people, and it's not exactly groundbreaking. It, as in the actual process of pressing something like this and making a shape isn't groundbreaking. But Volvo seemed to be limited by the manif- the machinery rather than the technology. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think that's where I guess Tesla. Uh, benefits quite hugely because they're such a new company 
they've not got existing processes that they need to reinvent. They they can quickly adopt all this new technology. And I guess that's why they've always got the edge on being able to use new techniques. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh you don't uh, agree? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, I've, I've, yes, I think as a new company, you can be more disruptive if you're setting yourself up. But at the same time, Volvo's been through like a significant period of change recently. It was bought by the Chinese company Geely, uh, yeah. the parent company. So they, they've been through around a lot of change. And I, I, I think there's, there's still, there is benefit in having an established supply chain or an established workforce. Yeah. yeah granted you have to, you, you have to retrain them and, uh, and bring in new machinery if you need it. But I don't, I think it's, I think it's as much to do with the attitude of the people running the company, how quickly you get something changed as it is starting a new company. Like, yeah, I say you have to retrain your staff, but Tesla would need new staff or to post yeah. them somewhere else and then train them. No, that's that's true. Yeah. Cool. So does that any is that wrap up mega casting? That does. And I think that then takes us on to our next story, which Number is Number three. Number three. <laughs> this is a bit more exciting, I think. Um okay. so... Whoa, what are you trying to say about mega casting? You'd be hard pressed Whoa. to beat it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bring us on to our next story is Ferrari, who have filed for a new patent for a future electric sports car platform. Ferrari has stated that it plans to launch its first pure electric vehicle by 2025. Ferrari's patent application is for a floor pan and chassis, which has space for two battery packs, one in the rear and the other under the passengers. The shape of the prototype in Ferrari's patent sketches also suggests its first full electric model won't deviate too far from its current combustion-engined vehicles. Ferrari has also stated that there's enough space in both the front and rear of the platform to put a combustion engine in, so fear not that they will all be pure electric. What do you think of this news, James? Sorry, I, I was just... Um, I'm visualising. The delay there was... I was thinking about the, the patent image. Yeah. And the image that they've done, the sketches look like a car such as the 488. Yes. I cannot see for the life of me how that there's enough space in that to put an engine up front. Uh, it's to going hold... to be a very tiny one. It's going to be a one litre from a Renault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're borrowing the engine from Renault. Nice. <laughs> now, yeah, that would get be... some... yeah, I mean, yeah. the only other option would be if they went rotary. But I, I really see that. Well, I can't see that happening. God, could you imagine a rotary Ferrari? That would be, yeah. The first of its kind. <laughs> yeah, that was. They'd have to do something nuts, wouldn't they? It'd have to be like a twin rotary. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, what so, do you think of uh, their cars now going hybrid? It's uh, it's kind of worrying for me. Uh, <laughs> going hybrid and then well, I mean they they'd done the um, the Ferrari the Ferrari, hadn't they? They did. Yep. As a, which I'm not going to lie, I wasn't of the when there was the whole three three. Um, Super duper cars at the time, the nine, the nine one eight, then the P one, and then the LaFerrari. Yeah, the LaFerrari I thought was, was visually for me the least appealing, and actually it was just full stop the least appealing really? for me. Yeah, I, I would have if I was buying with my heart, I would have bought the P one, and if I was buying with my head, I'd, I'd have bought the Porsche. Okay, I, I see your logic, but it's just. In person, when you do see it, it's, it is absolutely spectacular. The, I've only seen one, and that was when I was in Monaco. 
Oh, yeah. I just slipped over to Monaco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just, it, it was, yeah, it was just, I, I can't describe the feeling of seeing one of those in the flesh. Would that have been the car you got of the three? No, I, I would have gone for the P1 ah. if, if it was me. But okay. it just represents such an extreme car. The, 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 what I find, because the cars like Ferraris are in, are in a different league to stuff like hot hatches and sports, the sports cars we, we, we look at, the, the thing I wonder is, what, what are we going to miss with cars like Ferraris going to all electric or hybrid? And the only thing I can think of is this, occasionally when someone passes you and they're, they're giving their car the beans... Yeah. And we, you know, you wind your window down and you listen to the engine and think, wow, that's awesome. But in terms yeah. of the people driving them and buying them, they're going to get an electric car which has nuts performance, but then they're not going to have, in theory at least, the sky high running costs. True. But I think the whole the thing about these hypercars or supercars with these, you know, beautiful combustion engines is the mm-hmm. sound. And taking that away, I think, is just. Every time I roll up to a traffic light and there's a nice car next to me, which I think, you know, if it was something like a Lamborghini, for example, yeah, as you said, first thing is roll down the windows. You want to hear it take off. Yeah. But if it's just going to, you know, waft away silently, it, I feel like it's taking away from that experience of having that rumbling engine behind you. Yeah, that's true. But we, you'd, you'd always have that experience that, say, if someone rolled up in... Like, those cars will never... Well, no, they might not exist, but in theory, those cars, older cars, could always roll up next to the lights. Yeah. Do you think we're ever going to get better than, like, an Aston Martin V12 or an AMG V8? Do you, or, or any number of Ferraris engines? Do you think we're ever going to get a, a better set? Or even, sorry, just to, to to really get in the way of my own sentence, like a, a, a five-part Fiat Coupe? Do you think we're ever going to have better sounds than that? With, you know tighter emissions coming in uh, hybridization yeah. you know if people if cars are plug-in hybrids or hybrids chances are most times they're set off from the light the lights unless they're caning it they'll yeah. be quiet anyway no that's true yeah i i guess it probably helps with the police as well if you want to get away quickly you don't want everyone to know that you're giving it the full beans <laughs> where so. did it go don't know. <laughs> but i get what you're saying but I, I just think for for us in the everyday we don't lose a fat lot no. My cars like for if Ferrari only ever made electric cars, I, I yeah. just don't see. No, it it doesn't really affect us in any way. I mean, but... granted, it's sad. It's it's again another end of the era. Yeah. It's not doom and gloom, James. Yeah, it's a bit doom and gloomy. Isn't it? Let's 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 talk about something cheery, though. But you know what? You could always do what drain the batteries. Just so that you have to kick in the engine every time. Oh, must be a way to exploit the hybrid system, so you you just doesn't kick on into hybrid mode. Yeah, no, that's 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 a brilliant idea, and then you'll just use more fuel than you would have done if you'd had the naturally aspirated engine in the first or twin turbo engine in the first place. But if I got so we should have just like stayed. That. Hey, if I owned a car like that, I'd, I've not got money issues. Yeah, that's true. Oh, here's a question for you: the of all the brands which are going down the electrification electrification route because I think you were talking to me the other day about Lamborghini and its plans going down yeah. plug-in hybrid route. Which brand are you most sad to see starting to wind up on combustion engine cars or fully combustion engine cars? 
Oh, you see, it's a tough one between Ferrari and Lamborghini, but I'd probably say Ferrari. Oh no, I mean, I mean all of all all car brands, not just those. Oh, two. all car brands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. I'd, I'd I'd have to come back to you on that. I mean, do you have a prefer or a particular brand that you're more pre- upset about? Hmm. I think I'm I'm more sad about everyday brands like certain certain like Ford models or Mini models, um, where it's like those those are the entry level because right? my younger brothers and sisters just not getting to the point where they're starting to drive now. Yeah. Like, they won't have that same experience I had of wanting it. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they might do. My brother might because I've 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 bored him to tears with cars for his entire life. But they're they're gonna they're gonna grow up in a world where the socially responsible thing is not to want a car like that. I mean, and they'll they'll probably have yeah. different different drives. You know, they'll want a car with a big infotainment screen or. Yeah, yeah. It'll just be all screen. <laughs> no, yeah, you don't even need the steering wheel, actually. <laughs> yeah, so it's like for me that that is that's the end of the that is the you know the the, the lift doors are closing and we're we're running to get in before they close. Uh, yeah, but in terms of, I have a soft spot for McLaren. So if we're talking performance cars, yes. I'm yeah. sad that I will not one day be able to walk into McLaren with a big bag of money, drop it on the table, and say, "Give me that one." <laughs> Yeah. Which they'll say we can't accept that much in cash because of money laundering, and I'll go. I did not realize this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay you in pennies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but no, I, I, I see your point. Uh, with I guess if you lose those uh, entry level cars, and they all become electric, then there's nothing to really excite that passion. I guess no, and that. fun used cars are just so horrendously expensive at the moment. Yeah, it's just. Uh, Oh, I, I don't want to talk about it, but I just think it's ridiculous. I'm kind of glad I bought one of my cars last year, just before it all got, you know, to the point it is at now. Because yeah. it turns out my cars are now worth another four or five grand compared to oh, what I bought go it away. I'm Give so over. happy. <laughs> this isn't this isn't the forum for that gloating. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but I'm just bitter because my car's gone down. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh, so so. As a yay or nay, if you had oodles of money in your bank account, would you get a new, either hybrid or fully electric car from, say, Ferrari or Lamborghini or Porsche? Or would you spend the money on getting an older internal combustion car? Let's say this, I'll give it a tilt. Yeah. Let's say the decision is today, and then a decision is in five years and a decision in 10 years. Okay, decision today. or because they've not got any hybrid models right now, it'd be by new. <laughs> um, in five years, once they start going towards their hybrid um, lineup of cars, at that yeah. point, I in five oh, years. Oh no! Sorry, when I say, when you say buy buy new, buy new is I'm I'm saying that. Imagine there are now a plug-in hybrid. Let's, oh, say, you, let's say Ferrari plug-in. open their order books for this for a Fev model. Would you be going? I'm going to put put the money down on a new car, which is Fev, or a used car, which is a Fev or electric, or put my money on okay. a used car, which is. I, I put my money on an on a used internal combustion if it was today. Come what? Sorry. In a, in a, com- a combustion ice <laughs> engine. <laughs> Can't say the word today. Um, <laughs> if it was a nice engine, it would uh, a used ice engine. It would be today. Okay. 
Um, in five years, I think I would move over to the hybrid power trade. Ooh, that is soon. That is soon. I'm surprised you've said that. Yeah, I think we do need to be somewhat environmentally conscious. Okay. Um, and just because of that, I think in five years, I would, if I was assuming I've owned this used combustion engine for the, you know, five years between now and then, yeah, I'd be happy to move on. I would have got all that out of it. That out, you know. The drive, the need for having an, an internal combustion engine that will be out of my system hopefully by then. Okay, so you're you're pretty much aligned with the, or maybe pretty much aligned with the government's plan to ban petrol and diesel car sales. Somewhat, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. What about you? Um, if I had lots of money, so now it would be a used car. Five years time, it would be a used car, and I think in ten years time, it would be a used car. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, I think I think it it was I think it was Jay Leno who once talked about. He was asked what a daily driver his daily driver was, and I'm sure he said it was a Prius. And quizzed oh. about it, it was along the lines of, "Well, why you massive petrol head?" But yeah. I would have the used car as my fun, use it the weekends type of car, and I would then have the the hybrid or plug-in, or sorry, or battery-powered car as the as the daily. Yeah, I just yeah, I, I I don't yet see the appeal of spending oodles and oodles of money on an electric car. But let's imagine that the, the so we're talking about these pep cars, and you had to buy use the value was exactly the same. Would that change your mind? No, I would still because for me at that point it, it it's a toy. It's a car. I mean, it's like look at my. Uh, no, I, okay, um, yeah, it's it's that weekend car, isn't it? At that point. Yeah, exactly, and it's the cost is never going to be. It's a hobby. That's why I'd look at it rather yeah. than than a, a necessity. Because they're not exactly practical vehicles to get about in. <laughs> so it's not no, something like you can no. use for a daily drive to the office. No, I don't actually think I'd get a, a LaFerrari up my drive, to be honest. <laughs> it's too narrow. <laughs> okay, cool. So does this move us on to story numeral four? I think it does. So buckle up for some highly exciting parking-related news. Ooh, I'm strapped in. Yeah, well, so there are some new government rules which are going to mean that private parking firms cannot issue penalty charge notices, a.k.a. PCNs, in excess of £50 for parking longer than permitted or parking after the expiry of a paid for of the paid-for paid time. So this will strike fear into the hearts of Dick Turpin Parking Services Limited. The price cap comes as part of a new code of practice, or rather an update to a new code of practice, that is aimed to bring what the government describes as rogue parking firms into line. Included in this new code of practice are the requirements for a 10-minute grace period before a late fine can be issued, and also that parking firms clearly display prices and terms and conditions uh, for people parking in their spaces to, to read. Firms that are found to be in breach of the code of conduct co could be barred from collecting fines from motorists, and this will be through refusal to share driver and vehicle licensing agency data, meaning motorists cannot be chased through letters in the post. It should also be noted that there are still situations where drivers can be charged more so offences that are classed as higher contraventions can be fined up to £70 and an abuse of a blue badge carries a fine of up to £100. In London, these are both limited to £130. Yeah, this this particular topic is one that makes my blood boil. Why didn't <laughs> it come in sooner? <laughs> well, have you been stung, Hatesh, by a rogue parking place? 
I yes, I mean. So I'll, I'll walk you through the Ooh, story. I feel like if we could insert some sad violin music, this, this would be. be I feel the... like you're about to launch into an origin story, basically. Yeah, you know, if we could some, put some sort of filter so it sounds like this was back <laughs> in the olden days. Donate now. <laughs> but this was uh, when was this now? This was back in 2015 or 16. Um, <laughs> never let, let me go. set the story right, James. Good. Um, I'm a new, fairly new driver at this point. I've only been driving for a year. Okay. I head into town centre and go into what this car. What car are you driving? Just, just so I can build the picture properly. Yeah, it's a Renault Clio. Oh, a I Renault Sport this... Clio? No, I, I wish it was. It's no. not made of money, James. No, okay. <laughs> but I go down this back alley where there's a car park available, um, which is being operated by a private car parking firm. Uh, who will not be named, <laughs> but just in case. Okay. Um, I pull in, park my car, go to Classic. use the machine. Yep. Now, at this point, they didn't really have... Um, so you know how we have Ringo and those parking apps available so you can yep. pay by phone? They didn't have that set up. So all they have is one machine um, and you need to put coins. You can't put a note in because, uh, you know, that's not allowed. You have to put in pennies or, you know, it has to be coins. Shillings. Yeah, all of those, you know, the, the things that I don't carry. And I decided, well, I'll leave my car here. I'll nip around to, um, this, so this, there was a bus depot just around the corner. I'll nip around, grab some change, and then I'll put the money in. So head over. There's a queue at the bus depot. It takes me about five, ten minutes. I get the change, come back, put the money in. My time, I think, was for two hours. So I go away. Do my shopping. I'm thinking my ticket says my time will run out at 2 p.m. So I've got time. I can come back at 2 p.m. Um, I do that, leave by 2 p.m. And I get a letter through the post two weeks later. And I've been issued with a PCN for overstaying. Dun, dun, dun. James, <laughs> I, I was so furious because I tried to... No, 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 sorry. I, how long were you? How long had you ever stayed? Ten minutes. It's about ten or fifteen minutes, something around that sort of time. It wasn't, a, you know, it's not like I've overstayed by a good hour. It's the time it's taken me to go get change, because they wouldn't accept notes, and there wasn't really a parking app, and they don't take card. So my only option is change, which I oh, didn't so it was have. The ten minutes at the beginning of your parking that they got you for. Yeah. Oh. So what so, happened? Did they let you off? Uh, no, I, I tried to... Well, they issued me the PCN. I tried to appeal it saying I literally just went around the corner to grab my change. And I did leave by the time... The, you know, the, by the time the my... Ticket, yeah. And they would not take any of it. I decided to go on Google and look for some advice on forums. Turns out, do not listen to forums because they told me you can you well, you don't have to pay the fine ignore it it goes away <laughs> i got taken to court <laughs> um but I, to I know it was just getting worse and worse so all of a sudden this parking ticket that was supposed to be i think 50 pounds it went up to 100 they're taking me to court it's adding on other fees and uh in the end i didn't pay because i was like right i'm going to go to court but me being 18 or 19 at that point and 
somewhat scared of the law world, I decided, actually, I don't want to go to the court. I'll pay them. But by the time I paid them, they issued a CCJ, which stayed on my credit file for a good six years. <laughs> oh, I see this hurts you. But actually, there's a couple of interesting points in there, which they this part of sounds like that a lot of the stuff the government's bringing in actually would have helped you by then. Yeah, that's and, why I'm a bit annoyed. Why did this not come in earlier? Well, well, so the bits of a they're claiming that they're they're making a clearer and fairer appeal system, yep. which should help you. They're also bringing in measures so that the additional that that parking debt collectors can't add additional excess fees onto the level of a charge. So, which I think is currently about as much as seventy pounds. So that they if they issue the charge, they can't then go, "Oh, we're chasing you for the debt now." Yeah, the admin fee, whatever it is. Um, the discount of a 50% discount if you pay within 14 days stays, which I find, uh, I don't know, I'm conflicted. Yeah. But I think normally if you appeal it, the, the 14 days, it, it's not like it's 14 days or you appeal it. I think you can appeal it and the 14 days is kind of yeah. taken into account with that. Uh, but there's also a five-minute cooling period. So that's not not at the end of the 10 minutes grace. That's so you go to the car park, you can go and walk up to the T's and C's, you're given five minutes to weigh up actually, do you want to park there? Um, which is yeah. compulsory, which I think so I think the, nicer car parks would do that anyway, but they're, they're targeting the unscrupulous sort. Yeah, but I mean, I'm so glad because it does take you, I mean, how often, well, you walk into a car park, the T's and C's are tiny, it's not like you can read those. I must get car. my reading glasses. <laughs> <laughs> you see where I'm going. It's it's not like it's the signs are big enough for you to read from wherever no. you park in your car. No, I agree. So you do need those five minutes to get over, which is what happened in my scenario where I had to walk over to this sign. Yes, it takes you five minutes to understand actually how can I pay and you know reading the T's and C's, and then you need that grace period because that could be the the difference for me would have been going to get change. Yeah, well, they they have there are uh, the government has also listed a number of scenarios which they say are oh, these are these are ways you can get out of the fine or not not get out of the fine. It's as yeah. in if you get fined and appeal it, these reasons are justifiable. So one is uh, overstaying your parking ticket for a mitigating reason. For example, you've broken down. Yeah, uh, there's also genuine in- innocent error, such as if you were at a place where you have to put in your number plate and you put a digit wrong in your number plate. So you yeah. know, like you've got the you've got a ticket for your car, but it's not your car. And then also having a valid ticket, permanent or blue badge, but failing to display it correctly. Right. Which I think is an interesting one because if there isn't, if you get a parking ticket and your number plate isn't tied to the ticket, like the, let's say you just you just go to a machine, you pay, and you get a display ticket, what would stop you at that point waiting for someone to come back to their car, asking for their ticket, and then saying, "But look." I've got a ticket. Well, I guess, yeah, they're probably relying on you. Well, I guess the assumption is you've only keyed in one letter or maybe two at max wrong rather than your whole. <laughs> no, no, uh, this is for the if you've got a valid ticket. I'm saying let's say you go somewhere and you park, park in a car park and all you have to do is you just go and put money in a machine and you get a ticket. It's not actually tied to your reg number. Oh, right. In those scenarios, yep. Yeah, and then if so you come back and you get a parking ticket, you could just wait for another person to be leaving and ask for their ticket. Yep. Like that. So then you could, if you then go to the parking company, you'd be like, but look, I have this ticket. I just failed to put it on the dash. Actually, that's true. Hmm. Not that we condone such sneaky behaviours. 
That's not sneaky in any means. No. That's such a nice gesture. That's, that's say, true. You know, there are people that will not pop into a car park, literally just stay 15 minutes, but they'll buy a ticket and they've got two hours and then they'll sometimes pass it on to the next person that might have just rolled in. I always, I, that used to happen quite a lot with my mum and uh, whenever we went off into town and I thought it was such a nice gesture when somebody did that. It is a nice gesture, yeah. I yeah. agree. That's it. Uh, on the subject of nice gestures yeah. scotland their their fines are slightly different Ooh. so the the lowest amount is 50 pounds just like in in the uk no, not in the uk in england and wales yeah but then higher offenses are 60 pounds yes and, but and blue badges are 100 pounds so they're basically higher con- contraventions uh you'll get 10 pounds off right um, which I don't, to be honest, I don't really get why they would like. I, I get Scotland, certain people in Scotland wanting independence and doing their own rules, but ten pounds seems like. like <laughs> what can we change here, guys? Well, just knock the seven off and put it down to six. That'll uh, that'll show we're doing something. Yeah, um, maybe I, that's I that think, before. I just think that's quite nice. We we shouldn't have to pay stupid amounts of money on parking fines. So I'm actually glad. No, but the, the, the higher fines are for more serious offences. So what would be classed as a more serious offence? So this comes, fr- this comes from the uh, private parking code of practice. So some examples of higher contraventions are parked in a loading bay or bay during restricted hours without loading, parking yep. in electric vehicles charging place during restrictive hours without charging, uh, Parked in a restricted area in a car park. Doesn't really go on to say what that exactly is. And vehicles parked exceed the maximum weight or height or length permitted. Right. Or actually parked in a car park or area not designated for that class of vehicle. Oh, and also parked in obstruction. That wasn't the smoothest of list deliveries, but hopefully you get the point that it's... The higher ones are more about... I think causing a, 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 you can impact other people. Like yeah. you're parking in a loading bay, someone can't do do the loading bay, or you're parking a vehicle which shouldn't be there for whatever reason. Whereas the lower ones are more your everyday average Joe infringements of you, you're being a, you're a bit late, yeah. that kind of thing. Okay, yeah, I mean that's good to know because yeah, it's not just uh, it's when you break those terms and conditions in a way. Yeah, I guess yeah. probably the easiest way to put it. Oh, and for a bit of background information, the the limit used to be a hundred pounds, so they've 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 effectively cut it in half. That is, yeah. You see, that's a nice gesture. <laughs> Bring it down by half again. Yeah. I'm really happy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I think that brings us to the end of news. Yes, it does. And I guess for our next section of the podcast, uh, but I think before that, we need a little jingle break. Now on to Mystery Car of the Week. So Mystery Car of the Week works like this. One of us picks a car we came across during the past seven days while dreaming slash drooling over the classifieds. We'll then drip feed the other presenter five clues, plus the starter hint we had at the beginning of the episode, to see how quickly they can guess the mystery car. We invite you to play along and let us know whether you guessed correctly 
and or you beat the host either through our Instagram page, which we'll give you details of at the end of the show, or the poll associated with the pod if you're listening on Spotify. As an FYI, if the host guesses the car before the end of the clues, we will insert an oh-so-subtle horn over the guess, so not to spoil the fun for anyone playing along. Are you ready, Hatesh? I am, and I'm hoping to do a much better job this time. Well, you are zero from one, so let's wait, see. Wait, 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 we're going zero-zero. I mean, I, did you get the car last week? <laughs> yes, I got the car last week without any clues, but I meant your guesses are you've had one try and you got you didn't get the car. I'm pretty sure I heard a 250Z, not a 240. No, that was my guess. You're, on your guess, you didn't get the Subaru. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> so, just to just to recap, the, the hint at the beginning of the podcast was we are looking at a 21st century Italian stallion with a modest power output. Do you want to have a guess now? Italian stallion, so I'm thinking Ferrari. Modest power? What do you class as modest? Well, I can't tell you that because I give, give the car That's away. a clue. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I guess I'm ready for clue number one. Right. So clue number one. Is it cost roughly ten thousand pounds when new? Oh, so Did... it's not a Ferrari. <laughs> uh, it's definitely not, and it's a twenty-first century car. Yeah, ten thousand pounds when new, and this is the base spec we're thinking. Um... That was the entry level when I think when it first launched, it was around ten ten thousand pounds. Yeah. Okay, that hasn't actually made it any easier. <laughs> so, clue number two? Yep. Clue number two. It used a massive 1.4 litre petrol engine. <gasps> Is this a Fiat? Do you want to oh. have a guess? Was it a um, Fiat Punto? No, it was not a Fiat Punto. Ooh, right. Would you like another clue or another guess? Um, Fiat Panda? I am looking for a specific model rather than generic um, Punto or Panda, by the way. Right, but am I... Okay, but am I on the right track? You might be on the right track, yes. Okay, so it's a Fiat Panda. Mm -hmm. Um... A 1.4 litre petrol. Yep. Um, you see, that just puts a lot of different specs in the picture of what it the, could... This, this is a petrol head spec, though. It's a petrol head spec. Because this is a petrol head podcast. Okay, right. Okay, I, I think I need another clue. Okay, clue number three. Well, this one's not actually going to help you at all. All, model, <laughs> all models are five door, which you know because it's a panda. Yeah. Uh, so we'll just move straight. Four. Okay, this was me thinking that you might not have got to panda by this point. So it's got <laughs> no, it does, it'll do not 62 in 9.5 seconds and has a top speed of 150 miles per hour. 155, did you say? No, 115. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, that's a lot of speed for a panda. Yeah. Yeah, dude, no one has ever dared take it to it. I think someone's probably tried the 115 at a guess. 
somebody must have. I mean, do, do you want great boxes? <laughs> do, do you do you want the last clue? Basically, gives it away. So if if you want the last clue, I will give it to you. Or do you want to have a guess before we get to it? I I want to. So I'm just trying to think of. So I'm glad I've got to the point where I'm at. <laughs> so I'm You're so close. Um, just going back. So you said nine point five seconds, didn't you? Yeah. For the top. Th- think about how many how many f- fun Fiat Pandas can you name? Was there a was there a Fiat Panda Sport? I mean, I I, I don't even know if the, it was it just simply called a Fiat Panda Sport. No, 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 no. Come on, you so. Do you, do you want the last clue? No, I want to think. <laughs> let me let me think. <laughs> Two uh, seconds. I, I, I can change the last clue so it's harder. Saucy. No, I don't want to make it harder. <laughs> no, as in this last clue basically gives it to you. I can give you the last clue, which doesn't quite give it to you. Was it the hundred per horsepower variant? Yes. It yeah. Was. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say its name is after. It's named after the number of its power. Ah, right. Okay. Was that the last clue? It's got 100 brake well, horsepower. Yeah, the last clue was it's got 100 brake horsepower or 100 horsepower. <laughs> I am so happy today. I finally got it. Just. <laughs> but congratulations. The that I th- Well, that's Mystery Car Week. I hope someone listening got it. I also hope someone listening didn't get it because then it would be too easy. Yeah, but yeah, as we say, reach out to us. Let us know how you did. Let us know whether, if you've got a Fiat Panda 100 horsepower, do you love it? Yeah, but are we going to have this as a poll just to see how many people actually guess it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There'll be that, that's that's why I said at the beginning. Clearly, clear, come on, pick Sorry, your ears up, mate. Missed it. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> I said if you're listening on Spotify. <laughs> I know the poll from last week wasn't very. Uh... I wasn't too happy with that. One person well, because said, it's... <laughs> <Etish> sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have given them the option of that, but it was funny, so... Yeah, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. Uh, shall we now move on to the announcements? Announcements. Announcements. Yep. Yeah, so, our announcements for this week. Uh, we covered the Gordon Murray, or Gordon Murray a couple of weeks back, and the automotive. Um, so the Gordon Motor uh, Mur- uh, nailed it. Yeah. Absolutely, like you see that ball sailing out the park. It, it went, didn't it? <laughs> so, um, all hundred examples of the Gordon Murray automotive T thirty three have been sold, uh, and the price tag that these cars came with was around the one point three to one point four million pounds. I find nuts. I find nuts. It is, yeah. I didn't think 100 people had that much spare cash lying around, but apparently, well, I bought two to be fair. Ah, right, (laughs) and then borrowed. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Um, second announcement there is Manchester's Race Night Part Two being hosted by Modified Scenes UK on the 27th of February in Manchester. Um, this will start at 8 pm. Um, however, uh I have heard the police are cracking down on illegal car meets, which I feel like this may be part of. So please don't go oh, to oh, the above not... meet. So uh, is it? Hold on. So this is an an illegal car. Are you not allowed to? I'm so confused. It, the, the reason why I'm going to say it may be illegal. Um, some of the pictures when you go through, it looks like their Manchester race night is hosted on public roads. It's ah. not enough. Uh, it's not a track. So. Yeah. Even though they've advertised it as a as an event to go to, 
might not be the wisest of ideas to go to one. On a school and night. It's, yeah, on a school night. But no, luckily this one's on a Sunday. So <laughs> Okay, cool. Uh, but yeah, and our last announcement is that Kia and Hyundai have nearly... Um, well, they've announced that nearly 500,000 owners of their cars in the USA need to park their cars outside due to the risk of a fire. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know if funny. we have any American listeners, but if you if you are one of them, um, if you are someone that owns a Kia or a Hyundai, just check in to see if it's your car that's affected because there are a number of models that are affected. Okay, thank you. Or if you want free heating because energy bills are getting so high. Invite all your friends round with Kia's and Hyundai's. <laughs> yes, <laughs> probably a good idea with the gas prices that we currently have to pay. That's, but... that's what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wonder who's saying that going here. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> right. I guess that brings us to the end of our podcast for this week. If you like what you have heard, please click the notifications icon to get an alert for when our next podcast is released. You can follow us on Instagram. Uh, where we will post some sneak previews and some new snippets and some of our bloopers from this podcast. Our handle is the also witty automotive spelt auto M O A N Tiv, which is the brand that brings you the facts and furious series. Alternatively, you can search for hashtag AME cars. That's a wrap. That is a wrap. We'll see you all next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>